But you go with what makes most sense to you and yeah. what resonates with you. And so, yeah, as I went through the mushroom experience, the life growth experience over the years, yeah, it's made me closer to believing there's souls around us that are watching over us and so and praying and, you know, continue to grow through that, which I do. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Psilocybin Says. If this is your first time joining us, then welcome to the show. I'm your host, Eric Osborne. My wonderful wife, Courtney, is not going to be featured today because this is an episode that I recorded with two guests of a sanctuary sacred mushroom retreat. It was done about four to six weeks after their retreat, which gave them a wonderful opportunity to integrate all the lessons learned and bring that into this conversation with a bit more clarity, let's say. This is a very unique conversation uh, for two reasons, maybe more, but off the bat, two individuals in it are beautiful friends of many years who came to the mushroom together in an effort to grow spiritually. Jason has a long, rich history of personal development. He brings that toolkit into the service, and you'll hear him in this interview talk about how valuable all of the work that he did leading up to his experience with sacred mushrooms was in helping him push through when he got to that precipice on the second dose. His counterpart in the interview, Melissa, well, this is one for the books, folks. This is one of the reasons I really wanted to share this episode. I was, though, I think she was a little bit resistant. I strongly encouraged Melissa to share her story because it's one that you don't hear too often, but it isn't all that uncommon of an experience. Here's the deal. In the 20 years and thousands of doses of psilocybin that I have administered, I have seen probably two dozen of those experiences be no experience whatsoever. No matter how high the dose, the dose did not determine it. It was based on the individual's willingness to dive in. And Melissa gets really very honest here, which I appreciate so much. She is, I believe, the only person that I have ever worked with who, after having a non-experience like she did, took ownership for it did not blame the mushrooms, did not blame the circumstance, did not blame me or <laughs> anything else, but took responsibility recognizing that she blocked this powerful sacrament. But that doesn't mean that she didn't get benefit. That's the deal here, folks. Even when you don't think you're getting anything out of the experience, even when it's terrifying, even when it's really uncomfortable, even when it's no experience at all, there is actually a lesson trying to present itself to you. And Melissa, being the wonderful student that she was, really got that lesson. In this conversation, we cover a lot of different topics, ranging from, again, personal development and growth, Jason talking about his work with EMDR, seeing psychics, yoga and weightlifting, and all the things that he's done to try to heal and become more whole. Talked about recovering from previous relationship trauma, there's a lot of that out there. Talk about past lives, which is a really interesting 
part of this conversation, I felt like. And then expectations versus allowing. There's a lot more, really, but those are some of the big ideas that came up in this interview. I really, truly hope you enjoy it. And I also hope you will check out the More Than Integration workshop series that is about to launch. You can find that on the sanctuaries.org site. That's Sanctuary with a P. And this workshop series is going to be all about helping you gain tools and techniques to better navigate your psychedelic experiences, to better integrate, better prepare, and better communicate those experiences. Courtney and I will be leading them. We'll be rotating week to week. It's going to be a subscription-based program, so you can opt in or opt out whenever you want. Again, go to sanctuary.org and check out the link there for more information. Please like, share, subscribe, rate this podcast, but most importantly, just enjoy this show. Hope you have a wonderful day. It is such an honor to be here between you and these amazing conversations. All right, Melissa and Jay, welcome to Psilocybin Says. Hi, good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I've been very much looking forward to this sit down. It's not very common that I get to record four to six weeks after an experience. And this is kind of at that edge where a lot of times people start to feel like they are ready for another trip, like Melissa said she is yes. maybe <laughs> you guys are gonna be you guys are like yeah <laughs> this is another reason i was looking forward to this because just trying to rein you all fucking in <laughs> all through sounds like a challenge that i'm up for <laughs> child <laughs> tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves go ahead melissa um well my name is melissa i'm uh, 36 years old um long enough in louisville to say i'm a native um I, uh, it's kind of wild how I came across this, even, um, you know, just something I kind of thought about exploring. I'm kind of in a weird transitional place, um, in my life, going through divorce, been with a man nine years, um, he's a, a heavy alcoholic, and, um, anyways, just, just was looking for, um, kind of a path to my next chapter, and thought this might be kind of a interesting a uh, way to to find it. Was this completely out of the box for you? 100%. Yeah. What about even cannabis? Do you use cannabis? I do. Okay. Occasionally. So, okay. So you have some. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not a square. Yeah, you're not completely <laughs> square. <laughs> so, well, then what makes it out of the norm? Um, I guess maybe the reasoning behind it. Um, you know, the soul searching, looking for, you know, connecting with something a little bit beyond just getting a buzz. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. That's kind of what it was, you know, and I, I guess I was kind of kicking the can down the road, just waiting for things with a divorce to just finalize themselves and just kind of being in uh, limbo instead of really taking charge and finding a way to help me to the other side. Jay, about yourself? Uh, Jason Costell, born and raised here in Louisville. And, you know, I kind of came to this, I uh, just kind of fell in my path. A friend of mine is has cancer, and she brought it to me and said, have you ever considered doing psychedelics, which she wanted to do. That was the beginning of the year. Before then, I'd heard of it, never really did much research on it. I remember seeing like a 60 Minutes expose on it. And uh, just, then, it's been a tough year. Had a bunch of people... Um, 
passed away last year, my dad, my sister, and then had a breakup I was coming out of, and so I was really reevaluating where I needed to be, and this kind of lended itself to that, mm. to uh, kind of seem like the right time in the journey for me, and then I talked to Melissa about it, and you know, we. It, it's funny how things just, I'm, I'm a firm believer that when like the teachers or the students ready, the teacher will appear mm. or stones will be put on the path as, as you start to get momentum. I mean, just little things like Melissa would see fantastic fungi pop up on her Netflix, right? And it would show mm. just the power of fungi. And then I would see someone else, I'd met someone who talked about it and sent me a podcast for Gabor Matei that's talking about you know, healing unhealed traumas and how the modality of psychedelics. So from there, just kind of did more research, and it seemed uh, very real mm. and very powerful. And so, uh, the more we talked about it, you know, the more I was uh, very much committed to do it. And then even to run across you guys was kind of a winding path. A couple of different people referred to different places in ayahuasca versus psilocybin, mm. and to find you know that there was even a place here in Louisville that was not readily findable. Mm. But it just it seems such, like such a good fit. I don't think it could have been more perfect, uh, the fit of having you guys here and what we experienced. So um, that's why we decided, you know, it'd be a great thing to talk about because of how powerful it was and how beneficial. It seemed like this was even more out of your comfort zone maybe than Melissa originally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. I've He's definitely a square. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not a big cannabis user. Uh, I did mushrooms once when I was in college, mm-hmm. right, going back. Which was 100 years ago. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> which I can't hardly remember. <laughs> I can't remember last weekend, so. Yeah, so, you know, and it was just, so that, I remember that as an enjoyable experience, you know, but you know, even like my nephew and my uh, my brother, you know, are into this type of thing, and I, you know, shit all over it when they started talking about it mm-hmm. back in January and said, you know, it's just drugs and blah, 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 but. You know, and that was probably a year ago when my dad was going through cancer and, you know, just the evolution of it and to have a really close friend of mine look at it and think it was something that she wanted to do with cancer really spoke to me. And so to, and the more you read about it and the more you listen to it, and there's podcasts out there that I would highly recommend that talk about how this is um, a massive gateway to dealing with childhood PTSD, other traumas Mm -hmm. that are unhealed. That really caught my attention because, you know, I I know a lot about that. I've been on that journey for multiple years. To to know something, to talk to a therapist, to be able to be cerebral about it and understand why you do the things you do is great. But to really be able to dive into it and be able to heal it and to get to those places in your body and your brain that hold those traumas, I've learned more and more about that. But this uh, from everything I read and the people that I trusted said that, you know, I heard it described as a super highway to healing. Mm. And so that to me completely caught my attention. It was really powerful. And as I researched more and listened to more about it and read more about it, then that's exactly what it is. And I, I think people need to hear about that. So is your nephew, you said it was your nephew that had mentioned it to you back January before your father passed. Was that in reference to it as uh, a healing uh, introspective tool or was that just kind of a recreational thing <laughs> uh it, you know it was a little bit of both so you know it was probably a year ago january so coming on 15 months ago and you know they were dad was going through the um the hospice thing so it was a slow grind and to hit my nephew 
and my little brother were talking about it. You know, they were talking about LSD and they were talking about psilocybin, and I, I didn't even know the term mm. at the point. I didn't, mm. never heard of ayahuasca, never heard of psilocybin, but they were just talking about, you know, from a trip standpoint, and then they, they were just at the edges of the benefits of it. And, you know, I was in a headspace where I was like, you know, shut the F up. You know, this is, all this is is drugs. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, at the time, that's what I thought because I just didn't know the details behind it, right? And so mm -hmm. I think that which, you know, 95% of the people out there probably are the same way. Mm -hmm. And so hence why I think this is really valuable to educate people that this is not just, you know, roll your eyes, take a trip and walk through the woods and look at the pretty colors. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's value in this beyond anything I've experienced to date. And you've had a lot of entry points into healing. Mm -hmm. And if you could talk maybe a little bit about those and, and we'll discuss how they're similar and how they differ from your mushroom experiences. Sure. So, <laughs> you know, been an interesting road with relationships for me. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, long. sure wish we could have got this oh, on man. video, <laughs> Melissa. I tell how, how much time you got? <laughs> Melissa, you have anything to add? No, I'm going to let you take this one. <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago, I realized that, um, you know, there were, there, were, there were unhealed traumas, demons, you know, whatever you want to call it, that caused poor choices for me, mm. you know, throughout my life. And, you know, there was always a part of me that said, all right, this is not where you need to be. You don't need to be on this path with this person. This is, this is a reflection of, you know, what happened to you as a child and, you know, and you're mirroring what, you know, so I, I didn't even know any of those phrases back mm -hmm. in the day. Mm -hmm. Right. But the more you read and the more you educate yourself, you learn that, you know, there's very specific reasons why we do the things we do, mm -hmm. you know, and, and people don't, I think most people are waking up to that because you hear more and more and I meet more and more people that talk about, oh yeah, you know, it's unhealed traumas and right. it's how I was raised or what I went through and this and that. So, you know, I recognize that and I just, there was a part of me that said, this is not how I want to live. I don't want to keep repeating this and, you know, as I got older and older and older, <laughs> older. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it became more and more frustrating. And so... Uh, you know, probably about four years ago, I just said enough and I shut everything down and I said, you know, read inner child work and how do you heal an inner child? And, uh, you know, it's painful. It, you know, people don't, you, you know, the axiom that people don't change, you know, and when you start talking to people and they're like, oh, you know, I broke up with such and such and he's screaming at the moon, he's going to change about this or change about that. Or she says this or that, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time it's fucking right. Because mm -hmm. people don't change, mm -hmm. it's so, and I know because it's how he puts the work in. It's so mm -hmm. hard. Yeah, it's it's like dig deep down into yourself hard. Yeah. Face your darkest. That's right. Corners and then clean them out. That's right. And and so you know, psilocybin provides that in a in a large way. But that said, it's not a magic bullet. Mm -hmm. You you have to. Everybody's going to have their own journey. Mom was like, "F this, I'm not doing this anymore." So you start to read things and say, okay, I'm going to reestablish a relationship with an inner child. That's a pain in the ass, you know, cause you're literally reparenting a child. And then you do that for a while and then you figure out how to clean out your body and you can do, you know, for those who know brain spotting EMDR, that's, you know, we'll tap into that. And it's the modality that literally can touch those parts of your body that normal therapy can't. 
I wouldn't recommend watching anyone do it. <laughs> yeah, I did that in front of Melissa once just to show her. Start shaking like I'm having an epileptic fit. She, she was terrified. So, but it seems like it works. It does. No, it completely does. So anybody who's interested in you know really addressing that and getting into your you know your midbrain amygdala where you store those PTSD traumas. I mean, it's it's a well known. Uh, modality and there's crossover with the psilocybin experience as well absolutely and you know and you saw that for me firsthand because because you know my experience with brain spotting is what what it's called was you start to shake like a leaf Mm -hmm. you know and you you start to talk and think about past memories and these stored traumas and you're literally shaking (laughs) uncontrollably Mm -hmm. well i did that the first and the second Mm -hmm. day that we of the ceremonies with psilocybin Mm -hmm. and you know you asked me about it and afterwards on the first one i said so with the shaking what was going on well that was what was going on with me Mm -hmm. and it has been for multiple years going back to when i found that discipline and you know so my personal experience was that it's it's kind of like a waterfall effect. I healed the inner child, did all that work, and then uh, and then boom, roll across this back in the fall, or, you know, before that summer. It was like, oh well, you know, the person I work with was like, well, you know, blew up a relationship. And it's like, well, your emotions aren't flowing, you know, and, and you listen to Gabor Mate and others, and it's well documented that you know, when emotions are unsafe as a child, it's not safe to feel vulnerable, you freeze them. Mm-hmm. And you go to your brain, mm-hmm. and you think your way through it, and you figure you shut everything down. And so you freeze all those emotions, and then you're reliving that life as a five-year-old when yeah. you get triggered uh, for the rest of your life. You're just stuck there. That's right. Yeah. So so after the experience, you were, after your first experience, you were kind of like, yeah, I don't think this is going to be for me. <laughs> right. And But before we get there, let's backtrack and, and talk about your first experience and and why you kind of said that afterwards well because i was scared shitless hmm. because it was you know and melissa and i were um talking about this you know even when i got there you you knew i was petrified oh because yeah i was <laughs> even on the zoom calls for a couple weeks beforehand <laughs> right. yeah shaking like a leaf <laughs> but you know it's because it's like you hear this and you read this and you know and i to me the overall journey was a spiritual awakening hmm. and you know you know, and it sounds corny and people roll their eyes at that. And I didn't even know what it was five months ago. Mm-hmm. And then I started researching and I was like, yeah, this is a thing. And millions of people are doing it. That's how it was brought to me, presented by, by Jay, was a spiritual awakening, mm-hmm. which is why it kind of appealed to me a little too. And your your first experience seemed on the from the outside more like a spiritual awakening experience 100 percent. jay's not so much yours seemed from the outside more like a psychological experience so yeah. I, I think this is so interesting where that kind of boundary gets blurry go ahead smarty <laughs> so we were both um talking about it before and i was you know and my experience i had another experience where i almost did another um another treatment out in portland and it was mm-hmm. like eight treatments of ayahuasca in eight days and it scared the living shit out of me and I turned around and left. And so I had that and that in the back of my mind of what it would, could be like. And also I had, uh, you know, when you look at spiritual awakening, if you know anything about it, then it's, you know, night of the dark soul is one of the, the catchphrases mm-hmm. they talk about mm-hmm. where you have to go dig so far into the depths of hell within yourself. And so I was 
you know, I'd gone through a bunch of bad nights over the last several years, and so I was I was not looking forward to that. And the idea of compounding that with my limited knowledge of psilocybin, that okay, maybe I'll go down this hole because of this drug mm-hmm. or, or this you know medicine, and I can't get out for five hours, mm-hmm. so I'm just trapped like mm-hmm. on the other side of the looking glass. And that's pretty daunting to think mm-hmm. it, you know, in those terms. And even Eric, when we were talking about it, and we're doing some of the Zoom calls pre pre uh, ceremony or pre uh, uh, trip, and you're like, "Yeah, man, I, oh yeah, this one petrified me. Mm-hmm. This one terrified me." Mm-hmm. And we, Melissa, you and I talked about. It. I was like, "Eric's even talking about this shit can be petrifying and yeah. horrifying." And so Jay was terrified to do it, and I told him I, I thought he was maybe. Um, putting a little too much pressure on, you know, he, he's done all this self-healing and, you know, over the past four or five years, and, and he really looked at this as like his last um, kind of way to... to Hurdle. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I was just worried that if he didn't get exactly what he thought he needed from it, that it wasn't going to be a, a bountiful experience for him, but... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it definitely was. No, it was. But the funny part was, so Melissa, you know, was all, oh, you know, I'm just going to let what happens come, and it's going to be great. You know, my experience with this has been awesome. And then after my freaking where's my tail, you know, the sky's falling, <laughs> uh, leading up to it, you know, she's telling me the next morning when I saw her how she slept like shit, had all these nightmares. And she said, thanks a lot, Jay, for, point, for, 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 for planting that seed. Right. so um you know so you want to yeah sure talk talk us through your first experience a little bit so when i walked out there i mean it was you know it was palpable right that i was you know fidgety and just like well and eric called it too he was like i can tell he went around the room he was like you're gonna be very susceptible to it you are you're definitely not (laughs) when he pointed at jay you're gonna block this shit out i mean and you nailed it yeah which was funny because, you know, so, Eric, you went with, like, four grams for me and, and you know, come to find out body weight doesn't have anything to do with, mm-hmm. right, like, mm-hmm. like uh, size of the Yeah, you're a good, big-size guy. Yeah. yeah, so, and, you know, Melissa's like, oh, you'll be fine with three. And so, and I get four because, you know, you nailed it. You were like, it's probably going to take more to break through. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, <laughs> everybody else is just like, okay, the other three folks we were with, you know, they were just like, Oh, you know, this is this is great. They took the mushrooms and then they're just waiting and this is funny. <laughs> like Melissa, pacing. Melissa, right, exactly. <laughs> Melissa's motor already laughing and I'm almost thinking, Would you guys shut the fuck up? I'm, you know <laughs> I'm trying to deal with this. Yeah, you're pacing and then Yeah. So, um, you know, so I took it and um you know, there was there was I read a bunch of stuff that was great leading up to it. And one one thing that really resonated with me was um a book that Melissa recommended to me and it had a um a section in there and it said you know it was about fear it was like faith over fear mm-hmm. and you know you choose to to have faith over fear mm-hmm. and and fear is and on top of that the fear of going through life the way you are you know versus the fear of something that may help mm-hmm. and so it was it was a scary thing to think about taking the medicine but it was a scarier thing to me to take, think about not taking it. Amen. And, and continuing to live Amen. that way. So with that, I took it, and, um, you know, after I felt it pretty quick, and I went outside, 
and uh, and I was on the deck, and it was a beautiful, beautiful place. Oh, yeah, and um, so Athena was out there, and you know I'm fidgeting, about to come out of my skin, and I'm literally started talking to her and ask her about letting go, and she said, well, you know, maybe if you let go, then you know you'll let go of pain too if you let go of control, because mm. it's all about control. Mm-hmm. Fear is control, and that's that's how you that's how we go through life, yeah. right? When yeah. fear arises. You do what you need to control people around you and the situation. So, and I refuse to live like that because you can't have healthy relationships that way. Yeah. Or the life that you want. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, after a while, I just kind of settled into it. And then I went into the other room and, uh, and then laid on the couch and I started doing my shaking thing as, you know, I think I was having some pretty dark thoughts and, you know, trying to deal with that and breathe. And uh, so I did my whole brain spotting, body shaking thing. And mm-hmm. I think you and, and Tristan were looking at me like, all right, is this guy going to be all right? No, I've, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen <laughs> so many times. But you're the only person that I've ever worked with who has consciously gone into it. Most people, it just organically happens through their experience. And mine did too, but I can kind of make myself, I can, mm-hmm. I can shut it down mm-hmm. if I need to, or I can, you know, it, but it's taken years. I mean, I, was, I started doing that for the first time four years ago and it was horrifically scary, mm-hmm. but now it's just like, okay, you know, time to shake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I learned later that, you know, and this dovetailed into the second um, mm-hmm. treatment was like, you know, it's, to me, it's your ego, right? It's your, like, if you're not used to having your emotions move through to your body, and have your body release them, which we're supposed to do as children because you're in an unsafe environment, then you freeze that shit, and then you hold it, and mm-hmm. then it's toxic. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's like the whole benefit of brain spotting or you know, uh, psilocybin is that you can get there, and you can have places that need to be released, release. Mm-hmm. And so the shaking became very clear to me. It was like the last bastions of my ego trying to hold on because my standard response to it would always be, okay, shut down. Mm-hmm. Shut down, pull back, tighten up. Mm-hmm. And to be able to do it and just lean into it and be like, okay, I'm shaking, great. You know, this is kind of cool. Or mm-hmm. This is this is what it is. I'm going to let it flow. So when that, to me, was the epiphany. But I still didn't have that on Tuesday. Tuesday, I was still... Hold on. What to you was the epiphany? That to have the shaking and, like, the the fear and the tightness and the anxiety was your ego trying to maintain control. Mm, okay, okay, okay. And and so to be able to truly, you know, you hear all the time, let go, surrender, mm-hmm. right? Well, that that's so much easier said than done. Yeah, and what the fuck does that even mean on levels, right. you know? Yeah, so, you know, it just it's just a catch-all phrase unless, but to me that it kind of made sense at that point. Mm. Let go because mm. you just, you do let it flow. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you don't push the river, mm-hmm. you go with the river. And so at that point, you know, I was still not able to do that. I was still fighting it, but I did. <laughs> and then Melissa came rolling into the room. <laughs> um, like literally yeah, rolling. She could talk about that, but <laughs> laugh a minute. was, And so, which was actually, at, one, at first I was like, would you shut the fuck up? <laughs> I'm trying to trip over here. <laughs> and, but then, you know, I, so I got up and left, and I walked away to the other side of the main room and, Melissa's laughing when she can talk about, but then it became a godsend because at that point, you know, you even said something like, you know, maybe we're take, all taking this shit too seriously. Mm. And, you know, and I, I told her how much I loved her and, and I laughed and, uh, you know, and she reminded me of the beauty of life and the beauty of 
people and mm. people that are like her. Mm. And so, you know, so that that was a refreshing moment for me in that in that trip. And then, you know, and so after a little bit of that, I walked outside and I just focused and I started thinking, you know, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to let fear run my life. Mm-hmm. And I refuse. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I found a focus at that point and just started looking at nature and just kind of focusing on my thoughts, you know, your souls. And I kept repeating to myself, your soul is meant to evolve. Your soul is meant to evolve. And I, it, it calmed me and gave me a focus. And that basically, um, you know, ran out the clock. And then, you know, you don't have a concept of time. I didn't. But, you know, so that was hours. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I was breathing and doing yoga exercises and things like that and just thinking of what life was supposed to be. And very simply, and then started to come down. You came out, and we started talking about it. And I think you got a very broad, a very well, not broad, but a very detailed understanding of what I was there for mm-hmm. and where I was on the path. And you still seemed pretty skeptical at that point that the mushrooms were going to help. Yeah, you almost, um, I believe, I mean, Tuesday after his first experience, he was mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to stick around and do this Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. And I, I mean, was like, I am. That was a blast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No. I See g- you later. <laughs> you know, you're right. So what, what was that about? <laughs> Come back, get me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it just, it's literally it's been such a long and tough and, I mean, just I can't describe how dif- difficult it is to truly evolve from mm-hmm. something, you know, that's ingrained from childhood. Mm-hmm. And so it's just been such a painful, you know, grind and tedious and, you know, and just overwhelmingly difficult journey that, you know, I was I felt myself near the end, but there was that still little bit of fear that was lingering. Mm-hmm. It's like there was, you, you're literally, and I've heard this described like this, yeah, the people that I trust going into this were like, your ego is going to do anything to hold on. Mm-hmm. And so there was that still little part of me, that ego part of me going, oh, man, you know, this was this was pretty tough. Imagine what happens when Eric jacks up your dosage, mm-hmm. you know, on Thursday. How much deeper you get? And so I was still kind of dealing with that. But it's funny because I even I did tell Melissa, I said, well, maybe I won't stick around for Thursday. This was good. I think I got a lot out of it. But that that quickly evolved into which was the beauty of it thursday or tuesday night and then all day wednesday just integrating uh of fuck this i'm not going anywhere mm-hmm. you know i'll i'll take what comes how did that how did it shift for you you know th- that conversation the day after the dose is so important so valuable yeah. and i'm curious if that maybe had an influence on your decision to stay it definitely did so to sit in the group and be able to uh, you know, reflecting on it was big for me to be mm-hmm. able to sit back and, you know, cause I'm a thinker. And so it was just like the, the, the beauty of being able to, it was a yin and the yang situation on Tuesday. It was like, it started out very tough, very anxious, a lot of fear. And it was a, a lot of the trip was like that. But then when I got through, when I finally had a moment where I said, I'm not backing up from this anymore. Mm. Uh, you know, it was still tugging at me, you know, ego, fear, whatnot. And uh, so it was still kind of a battle. It was a battle. Mm-hmm. And so that was still lingering Tuesday and a little bit Wednesday. But the further I got from it, the more I thought of, like, the good versus the bad and, like, that the bad was not this boogeyman that I need to be afraid of anymore. Then it just kind of grew of, I mean, literally, by the time 
Thursday rolled around, and you know, I'll let Melissa talk about her Tuesday, but um, I was so resolute. I was staring. I mean, it, it, you had to be able to tell just a like I wasn't even the same person. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Sitting there Tuesday versus Thursday, I was just like, let's go. Yeah, for sure. Let's I mean, do this. The, the you saw that we saw the the warrior step out like mm-hmm. Wednesday. I feel like in that integration conversation, as you started to reflect on kind of some of the things you shared around, you know, this past life sensations mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah. And, and I'm not, af- I'm not ashamed of that. I mean, we talked about, mm-hmm. I believe in reincarnation. I believe in past lives. I believe, you know, and I've been told from people that are mediums, and whatnot, that I lived a lot of past lives and a lot of warrior past lives. And, um, and that that's resonates with me. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that part kind of took over and finally said, <laughs> you laughing at me <laughs> and said you know not i said fuck this there's no i'm not backing up from this anymore mm-hmm. well once you started to explain to me the brain spotting and how you had done all the emdr and everything i i felt so much more even enthusiastic about raising your dose because yeah. whether you knew it or not then i knew that that had given you it gave me a safety net to know that you can go into these kinds of experiences and know how to manage yourself. You've been in some extreme internal scenarios. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, I gained a lot more confidence in you, which (laughs) that's what I don't know that people really understand that. And it's, you know, it's something, it's one of the reasons why there is a lot of value in having in doing ongoing work within a group because the mutual trust is so important for everybody to be able to let go and just have the experience, whatever it is. And so, you know, that you're, you're a big dude. And that's always my kind of number one safety concern is, is a big dude going to get physical throughout this. Mm -hmm. And you just revealed yourself to be a very sensitive and conscientious person, but also someone who had the the courage and the strength to walk through the flames. So I gained an enormous amount of respect for you, particularly in that conversation on the deck after that trip. Yeah, no, that that was hugely valuable, and I, you know, and I, I gave you a hug at the end of that, and thanked you for doing it, and thank you for you know you opened up like I did, and. Um, you know, that conversation more more than anything, Eric, is probably what, you know, made me evolve from still doubting where I was to like, um, you know, let's do this mm-hmm. on Thursday. Because you rec- your your ability and your your experience recognized where I was. Mm-hmm. And you even told me that. You said, you know, I, I see you getting ready to break through. You're like pushing through a cellophane wall. And you're almost there and you can't quite get there and then it pulls you back. And mm-hmm. that's exactly how I felt. Mm-hmm. And so I, and it was beating my head up against the wall and so frustrating. But at the same time, to hear your, your uh, you know, recognition of that from, from the experience you had really was massively encouraging. And it made me even want to push that much more. Awesome. Thanks. Melissa, you had a significantly different experience. <laughs> um, I did, and it was uh, it was terrific. It's a moment I'm going to hold with me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I had the lowest dose, I think, of, of anyone, and um, I, 
kind of just went into this more. I felt like I spent most of my time talking Jay off the cliff. Um, <laughs> True. Uh, so, you know, and just kind of trying to ease him. And I think, you know, in parallel, it, it helped ease me a little bit too. But I was never really concerned. I just, um, especially once we got there and met everybody, um, it felt like a very safe environment. And, um, you know, I just I, I trusted the people around me. And um, I, I just, I, I'm at a point in my life where it's kind of, I was telling Jay, it's not like, uh, it's not like I was gung-ho enthusiastic about doing all this. I was just, I'm at a point where I was like, you know, fuck it. What do I have to lose? You know, why not? I, I it, it, it can only help. Mm. So, so anyways, um, like you said, I was very, uh, susceptible. Um, I think cause I just had no expectations. Um, I was looking forward to it. I wasn't worried. I felt safe. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't really make a plan to focus on anything during this this trip, I was just gonna, you know what they say, and they say it's kind of hokey sounding, but it's true. Let the mushroom take you where it wants you to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me on a wild ride, and I had just this profound sense of contentment, um, uncontrollable laughter. I think really overrides my experience, um, and I guess I kind of figured everybody else was having the same thing, you know, I don't know. So, but I, I felt kind of strange inside when it started kicking in and Jay was a nervous wreck and <laughs> I, I had to get away. <laughs> so I went and sat outside. Well, you did give me a hug before you started. I, you did. Came I over wish said, you good luck. And said, all right, this is kicking in. Love you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm out. Yep. So I just, I felt kind of compelled to be outside and, um, I sat out there. I don't think I moved for what, like three yeah, hours. Yeah, you were out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I went from my butt to my back, kind of <laughs> rolling around in laughter, and um, I just, I, the, from the moment I felt it kick in, um, it was just an overwhelming sense of warmth and, you know, and I think everybody kind of asked me the next day, what was, what was it? Was it warmth? Because my memory of you coming in that day oh, was, I'm <laughs> cool. <laughs> Falling on the floor, laughing. I love it. Got a so blanket warmth, on you. On the warmth inside, like um, just uh, contentment. Like I was right where I needed to be. I, I was not worried. There were no bad thoughts running through my body. I, I was, I was happy. I guess that's what I mean by warm. Mm. Um, so I just, it's not like I, I hallucinated maybe just a little bit, but totally aware of of where I was, my surroundings. And I remember everybody asking, you know, afterwards what the hell was so funny. And I I think a large part is um, looking at the things that I take so seriously and kind of laughing at myself a little. And, um, you know, I just, I got a a sense of maybe relax and don't put so much, you know, emphasis on on things. And um, I felt really one with mother nature um Mm. i know this sounds kind of funny too but um i I felt a sense of the mushroom being a presence like a like a motherly presence perhaps maybe mother naturely presence Mm -hmm. um and like i got just a giant hug from the outside i i looked at 
I have not looked at nature since the same way. Just appreciating my surroundings and maybe things that I, you know, historically took for granted, um, noticing different things. Um, you know, I'm just a city girl, and I had this, you know, profound experience with, with the outdoors that day, and um, I got a sense of contentment about things that had been bothering me for a while, and um, I guess without getting too personal, just, you know, like I said, I came out of this long uh, relationship, and, you know, you get married to somebody, obviously, you want to start a family, and, and that didn't happen for us, and you know, with my age, I think I was really concerned, but for me, essentially, it's like I received a branch of, of somebody, something saying it's okay, you know, just be at peace with where you are, and I just, um, instead of putting pressure on it, I I just, I just got an overwhelming sense of contentment, Mm. um, I have a hard time trying to put that into words, it just, I will keep this experience and take it with me uh, for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about this afterwards. <clears throat> I think that it, it got back to the core of who you are. I mean, you're, you're mm. such a genuinely positive, kind, loving, empathetic person. And, you know, that had been kind of muted. And you even t- we talked about it leading up Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. You know, so it was, to me, it was a massive reminder of, like, just this is you. It's a beautiful thing. And so, you know, you can move forward from here where, however you need to, but. Kind of a welcome back moment. Yeah. I did. I felt more like myself than I had in a very, very long oh, time. That's so good to hear. Yeah. Is it, has that stayed, stayed with you pretty well? Uh, yes. But I think it's important for listeners to realize too, you know, we kind of talked about this the other day in, in our group thing, but um, it's important to reflect on your experience. Mm. Um, like you said, you know, it was four weeks ago. But it's important to reflect and, and write down, you know, during your experience so you can go back and kind of allow yourself to go back to that moment mm-hmm. and the things you felt and, and why it was it was so profound. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I try to answer your question, uh, yes, mm-hmm. and I try to use little reminders every day and, and read back through my, my journal entries on my experience that day that's what it's all about is just continuing to stay engaged with yeah yeah can I ask what what was your or what what was your kind of thoughts around God or religion or spirituality coming into this experience um pretty staunchly Catholic um raised that way Mm -hmm. still avidly um Mm -hmm. a member Mm -hmm. of Catholic society um so I've, I've always had a great, uh, great relationship with, with God. And, you know, that's, that's the real, that's the way I, I believe in him. So, um, I didn't necessarily feel the presence I, I had with me during this wonderful experience. It, it wasn't God. It was maybe an extension of a, a holier, higher power. Um, but it wasn't in the same box that I keep my God, if okay. that makes sense. Okay, interesting, yeah. But certainly a higher, a higher in, influential uh, power and presence that um, I didn't have before, but I have now. And okay. it's just, it's separate than that sort of belief for me. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. How do, how do you fit this experience within, into the Catholic box? Or, or do you at all? Can you? 
mean, I suppose I could just because of knowing a higher power, a higher state of existence out there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, feeling connected to universal sound vibration kind of thing. Um, I, I could marry the two, but, um, I, I think I, I, I like keeping them in separate boxes. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess my bigger question is, was there any sense of conflict between your Catholic? Heavens no. Okay. No. So why not? Why? How? How? How is that? Uh, they were just, they were separate. It wasn't combined. It wasn't conflicted. They're just, um, they're, they're separate. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't feel like, I don't know. I mean, you know, you think about it. With, with the Catholic religion, this isn't, and I know this is a religious sacrament in, in the form of, you know, this church, but mm -hmm. um, I just separate that from the body of Christ kind of sacrament. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but equally as powerful mm -hmm. in a different sense. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to me. I was raised Catholic. It's 12, a long, many years of Catholic schooling. And for me, my Catholic upbringing kind of, I feel like prepped me for the mushroom experience okay. because it's like, oh, this is what communion is supposed to do. That's how I kind of how I kind of understand it, you know. And there is a fair amount of historical evidence that suggests that the mushroom was the original communion and that as the religion evolved that it took on a more uh, kind of representative role. The commun communion became a representation of the experience. There's a lot of really interesting artwork um, within the Christian and Catholic tradition that has mushrooms, Jesus surrounded by mushrooms, and um, the story of the, there's a, there's a really interesting 12th century um, painting of the transfiguration of Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane when he, the apostles saw him turn into the God self or whatever, um, where Jesus is standing there in front of the, the apostles turning into this God self, and behind him are three or four great big mushrooms. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that so, would make for an interesting mass these days. Yeah, well, we just passed up Good Friday, and the original kind of um, experiment to illustrate the efficacy of psilocybin at bringing about a classical mystical experience was with Tim Leary and Ram Das on Good Friday in like 1962 or something like that. They went to a chapel in Boston, I believe it was, uh, and administered psilocybin on Good Friday to members of various religious faiths, Catholic, Baptist, et cetera, et cetera, to see if it would occur this mystical experience in the context of a religious building on a really religious holiday for religious people. And it very much did very much did. So, um, I don't know. I and just I wouldn't be opposed to the Catholic church giving psilocybin as a sacrament versus the body of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I said, interesting well, mass. Absolutely. And, and even, <laughs> even so like this is a, I think an interesting connection. So Maria Sabina, who is how we, basically got access to psilocybin mushrooms is this shaman in Mesoamerica uh, presented them to Gordon Wasson, an ethnomycologist. She was a shaman, but was also a practicing Catholic. And in the Mesoamerican tradition, they call 
the mushrooms basically two things. One is the little saints or the little the little children, the little angels kind of thing, and the other is the flesh of God. So, in, in way, way back, even back when the Spanish conquistadors came into South America and they encountered the Mayans who were using the mushrooms, the Mayans were calling the mushrooms Teonanacatl, which means the flesh of God. So, there is some interesting historical and experiential crossover that, I don't know, I just find it worth exploring. I love that, and I, I just, I'm not educated on it. I, I wasn't aware, but... Um I mean, I can totally, it makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I can mm-hmm. see it. Yeah. So that, that day, kind of come away from that day with a reconnection with self. Did you? In the universe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, meaning what? That's, that's a lot bigger than just Mother Nature. And like we were talking about, you know, leading up to our, our experience with all of this, is it's hard to put into words exactly what transpires inside of you and your, your mind, body, and soul during this um, universal acceptance, just being totally okay with, mm. with, with where I'm at, why I'm here, and just felt a sense of I, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. I'm on the right path. Don't take myself seriously. Just connected to everything around me. I guess that's why I said universal. That I just, makes and sense, I felt yeah. a lot of growth. Um, you know, during that. I mean, that's kind of like the big lesson of being in the universe. And like when you look at a big picture, all these planets and stars and all this stuff is just doing its thing without any direction or control, so to speak. And we are a part of that. Mm-hmm. And we often think that, you know, oh, here I go walking through my life, deciding to do all these things and right. making and like really we're we're just as out of control as the stars, but there is a, a beautiful, mm-hmm. equa- it's, it's, it's more like an equation that is performing itself out. And so when we just can accept and admire the beauty of that unfolding in ourselves, in the stars, in the trees, in whatever it is, it that's connection the with the connection. universe. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's it's beautiful. A master plan. That's flow and just accepting and just being and you know to me i respect everybody's religions and i grew up catholic as well it just always resonates with me to think about you know this is a vast universe beyond our what we can even conceptualize Mm. and so how did it start where are we going you know what's out there but there's some interconnection in everything Mm-hmm. I mean, and just you can walk into nature and see that you know look at fantastic fungi and you see that everything's interconnected well that works f- for me to be interconnected to everything around me mm. be a part of it mm-hmm. you know you, you're drawn to people you know when you are you're you know you, you push away from others I mean, you just if you can get into that flow you're going to pull in where you're supposed to be mm. and to me that's like a universal consciousness yeah, no, I had a very interesting experience this morning with a snake. <laughs> like, that's kind of my sign very often that things are going well. I've had a long, long connection with snakes and mushrooms. And today I went out to go plant some mushrooms in my backyard. And as I'm planting the mushrooms, there's a freaking snake, which I've been looking for. Anyway, I think like this, the connectivity 
it extends beyond the notion of just community. Our thoughts are connected. Our feelings are connected. There is an invisible field that science has proven between all of us in which information is transferred. We can, we can know the secrets of the universe by staying within ourselves. You know, Simone talked about that. It's just kind of an interesting tangent, but we won't go too far well, off on it. I think it's worth talking about. When you tap into that, you're living in abundance versus mm. versus mm. lack. Yes. Now, the irony is that, well, you know, Eckhart Tolle says this, and he quoted Jesus as saying, it's like you have to, you know, to get that abundance, to manifest that abundance, you have to actually already believe you have it mm. to receive it. Mm-hmm which mm-hmm. seems totally contrary to what you would think. You know, I have to manifest this in order to be abundant. And so to your point, you just have to get into it. You have to accept that I'm already there. I'm already a part of this bigger, huge interconnected picture. And then it all makes sense on its own. Yeah. You don't overthink it. I just don't think a lot of us pay attention to the relevance of that. People just kind of meander through life. With Not blinders thinking on. much deeper than, you know, the shoes on their feet. Well, and, you know, and I know a lot of people with different religions that are very deep thinkers. But then I think there's a lot that just think, okay, I want my cookie cutter rule book of this is what I do. You know, I check these boxes, be it religion or work or how you think or mm-hmm. what provides joy. And then you just exist. Mm-hmm. And that never, honestly, it, it sounds pretty good sometimes, you know, because if you try to <laughs> yeah. push the envelope to understand things and to evolve and to be more within yourself and those, your life around you, you're going to bump up against edges that are going to hurt. Yeah, it's going to get uncomfortable. That's right. And so it sucks. Can you, can you dive in a little bit more to the relevancy, Melissa? I think that's, that's a really interesting choice of words, and I think there's a ton of value in expanding on that a little bit more. Well, I just I don't think people put a conscious effort into thinking past you know what's what's in front of them so that's why I think in order to have deeper thinking you have to bring relevance to it Mm -hmm. you know and I just I I think everybody's capable of it but I just think there's you know a lot of it's just surface level Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so I just think bringing relevance to you know, expanded thinking really creates expanded thinking. Do you think that's because on the surface level, a lot of this doesn't seem relevant to the individual? And we're talking about this notion of abundance or believe it before you see it or the interconnectivity of everything. It's much easier to have faith in things that are considered tried and true. Mm -hmm. It is something that is still is, although it may make sense to you. It mm-hmm. takes a leap of faith and some uncomfortableness to go with it. And, and frankly, it would be outside the, the group, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. it's easy to say. What is it in some people that are able to let go of boundary lines and, and think, you know, a little outside the box? Why are some driven to do that and some aren't? Right. Like I was married to a surgeon who was very black and white, cut and dry, science-based belief in everything and i live in a fuzzy gray area Mm -hmm. i mean i just you know my belief on it yeah it's i mean to me it's soul age i mean it's Mm -hmm. nature nurture what what did you come into this life 
you know, wh- where, how many lives have you lived? And, you know, uh, uh, my friends would listen to this majority of them would roll their eyes, you know, cause it just doesn't fit. But it, it to me that that's innate. You just, part of you makes choices at some point because you feel compelled to not because of what you saw. I mean, not because of what, how you were raised. There's just a part of some people. And I think that's a growing number. I think Melissa's like that. I'm like that. You're, you guys are clearly like that where you come into this world compelled to grow. And I don't mean keeping up with the Joneses. I mean like where your soul feels more connected to God. You know, I feel more connected to God. So, and I believe in God. You know, I, I feel more connected to my dad and my sister that have, that have gone before me. So, more connected. Because of the mushroom yeah, experience? Right, yeah. Is that what you're going Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, because of <laughs> this overall experience. Okay. Because, you know, the mushroom was just... A big piece of it but for me like we talked about and like you, you said is it's been years in the making mm. it's years in understanding myself and the world around me and lifetimes even. that's right yeah. and you know and even watching my dad pass I, I was there when it happened and I, I saw his soul even his, trying to leave a cancer rackled body and you know it was never more compelling to me that the soul is just because <laughs> you could still see the power of that mm. I could still see the power of that mm. and to watch that reinforced in me that like that soul's still here, you know. Some people believe it's in heaven. Some people believe, you know, it's reincarnated. Who knows for sure? Mm-hmm. And then I also gained a very large insight into when I was going through all that of, who the fuck knows, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So you go with what makes most sense to you and yeah. what resonates with you, and that's what did with me. And so yeah, as I went through the mushroom experience, you know, the life growth experience over the years, then yeah, it's made me closer to believing in you know there's souls around us that are watching over us and so and praying and you know continue to grow through that which i do beautiful yeah it's it's finally becoming relevant to me i've had experiences recently that you know i've confirmed for no other word that there is a an existence of the soul that can to some degree still engage with us and is still observing and, and, and really present with us. Well, and you know, and again, Eric, <laughs> this is probably the form for it, but I, th- my personal experience is the souls that, and the angels and, you know, and the spirit guides that I think are out there, they've been, they pushed me down this path. Mm. Right. Mm. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, so you think of the power of that. I have just, you know, Hell, just seeing one, 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 one all over the place, you know, with the synchronicity or some other crazy shit that happens. What do you think would have happened if you would have not listened to this? If you would have not gone with the the push? Um, I think I would have gotten there eventually because this, this path has been years in the making for me. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, this was, you know, and I, it's funny because I've asked that question. I was like, what would it look like if I didn't? Mm-hmm. You know, would I have had this, you know, awakening um and I think I would have gotten there, but I think that it seems like it was preordained at this point. Mm-hmm. Like it was already mm-hmm. it was already part of the path. Mm-hmm. So to separate it now seems like it's just it's like cutting off your arm. It was just supposed to be part of the journey. Mm-hmm. I had that sense in our first Zoom call, potently with you. Oh, okay, this is this is the wave. This is where it's been leading to for you and for I for all of us moving to that point. And it definitely was. And it was to me. It was a culmination. And Melissa jumping in so wholeheartedly was, you know, 
invaluable. It's just I mean, look at the timing of everything. Who knew I'd be going through <laughs> right. a divorce? You know, this mm. is all kind of sudden, and um, and us reconnecting as friends. You know, mm-hmm. we've always kept in touch, but mm-hmm. but more so recently, and pretty much the only one I can talk to about super hokey stuff. <laughs> so. Um, just the timing of everything too, and and little signs. If you if you pay attention, they're everywhere. Mm, they are indeed. They are indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's get into the the the. the, the Thursday I hesitate to say more interesting, but they are more interesting to me, and even yours, Melissa, is a more interesting. Maybe for Jay experience. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, Jay. Um, yeah. So Thursday was amazing. It was like I mean, you know, I journaled after. And I, I listened to this journal, so I, which I highly recommend people do. Like, and I, it was recommended to me, and and I'm so glad I did. The day after, so the Friday, I, I, I audio journaled mm. what my thoughts were, and you know, it, I'm so glad I have it. But um, you know, the point of that again, going into it, I just I was very calm. By the time Thursday, I was eager to do it. And uh, night and day different than Tuesday. And I was just, it was, I was resolute. I, there was, I had such clarity that, you know, whatever fear came, I was going to walk through it. Because mm. to me, the, the, the goal was so clear at that point, right? That, you know, I am at the precipice of my ego being broken away and having an awakening. And to, um, to get through that, I had to sit there and take whatever came. And, you know, in the last year, you know, several months before that, it sucked. But as Melissa saw firsthand <laughs> when I'd hole up at her house. Um, but, you know, it'd been coming for a while. And to me, it was like I knew I was so focused on what I needed to do. Any fear that came, I would sit there. I was going to walk through whatever fire was put in front of me. And I was going to say, you know, not to cussing is part of my vocabulary. So I was going to say, fuck you. I'm, I'm not moving. I'm not going backwards again. And so it started, you know, and you asked me how much I wanted to take. And, you know, and I, I was four the first time, and I said, well, I'm thinking six. And, you you know, you said, I love that, that that's your intuition. And, you know, and so that's about what we took. <laughs> so she thought she had nothing the day after, but or the day of. So that's It's true. <laughs> thought I was given a placebo. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, this is bullshit, man. Look, <laughs> look how much you're tripping. I didn't get anything. <laughs> So, Although I did. <laughs> so, um, you know, and so I just started feeling it kick in and I found a quiet spot and I uh, was just looking at the, um, you know, out the window and, you know, and just, it, you know, at one point, like you said, like the snake in the garden, a fly lands on me and I'm just looking at it and it's just like, you know, and it just kind of sits there and I kind of just feel like this is <laughs> part of the world and I'm supposed to connect with this. But I laid down and started to, you know, my body started to do what it does. It started to like gyrate and do the shaking and convulsing. And, uh, and poor Tristan never seen anything like that. He, <laughs> he said he was over there. He told me later he was over there crying, trying to send me positive energy to, to, to be able to survive. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so you know, but I just I I went through cycles of that. That would happen for a while, and then I would breathe into it, and I would calm down, and then start back up, and. You know, but the whole time completely calm and focused. It was not like I felt some forced, you know, control, you know, tightness. Usually you get tightness with that. I was just like, all right, this is just going to happen. So let's do it. 
And then I walked downstairs and I casually walked over to you after, after an hour or so and said, ask how Melissa was doing, you know? And so literally I was coherent enough. The first one, the first time was like all kind of foggy on Tuesday, but, but Thursday just was so clear. And I had the, you know, the wherewithal to walk over and I was worried about her, how Melissa was doing. And so I asked you and you said, oh, she's good. She's back in the back. And so I'm going downstairs, went downstairs, laid on the couch. Athena came down to, to watch over me thankfully <laughs> and uh well I just laid down looked out the window and then I started going through my little process and you know, convulsing and fighting and you know thrashing around and uh at one point you know I just had this epiphany of um you know that my ego's gone it's going so it's just a matter of time this is the death knell and so it just struck me as funny and, you know, I had some past life visions again and, you know, of like things that I'd, I'd seen before, warrior type stuff and, you know, cottage on the hill. And so that kind of called me. It's like, I've been here before. And um, so I just thought, I literally said out loud, uh, you just get the fuck out already. And I was talking to my ego. I was just literally. And so, and I laughed. And, and it was like my ego almost kind of said, oh, hell no. He didn't just say that. <laughs> <laughs> And so I started convulsing and thrashing around, and which made me laugh at the idea. It's like, so I'm just rolling all over the couch, dying laughing at this point. I was literally like Melissa incarnate on uh, from her Tuesday experience at that point. And so without the thrashing around, I mean, she was kind of stationary. I'm like, I'm fighting all over the couch, but it's just making me laugh. And I'm telling my ego to go F himself. And But, you know, I came to find out later when I told, you know, a person that, that I really – uh, is a mentor to me. I explained all this to him. And he just calmly said, yeah, that was a, a cosmic joke. That's called a cosmic mm -hmm. joke. And I was like, really? There's really a name for that? <laughs> and he said, yeah. And he said that um, that is when you recognize the absurdity of what you've been giving power to mm -hmm. and letting control your life. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was beautiful. And it, it was poetic. It was exactly how I felt. And I just felt this release. And I'm like, I'm not going to live in this anymore. There's Fear will not control me. I mean, you know, fear is always going to be there, right? But to have mm -hmm. it drive your decisions and drive who you are versus, you know, um, and control you and make you and trigger to things and versus just like being like, hey, this is a warning sign. I, I have some fear. Mm -hmm. I need to think about it. I need to feel it. I need to let it go. Mm -hmm. So and, and maybe even move into the thing that we're afraid of. Mm -hmm. You know, we have this tendency to believe that fear is telling us to stop. And, you know, if it's your personal safety or whatever then okay listen to that but if it is your personal growth mm -hmm. then move into, into the fear yeah. yeah no doubt and and that's the massive power of the mushroom mm. and you know in the massive power of like like when i walked into it oh my god i might have a bad trip mm. if you do you know and what you said was so powerful before eric you said you know it's going to take you where it needs to go and if that's a, a you know a, a challenging scary place then you're going to be better for it. Mm. And those words resonated with me, mm. and, you know, so it pushed me to push through <laughs> when I got to the other side and, you know, it lasted a good, I don't know, within an hour plus where I was just rolling around and I'm laughing and just cracking myself up, telling my ego to go F itself. And it would, <laughs> it would call me to thrash around more. And, you know, uh, so at some point it just kind of calmed down and, uh, you know, I felt this sense of peace and I just, it was like, thank you. God for, you know, I'd, 
getting me through this because it had been years in the making. Mm-hmm. So it it was a it was the most beautiful moment of my life. I, you know, I thought about that later, and it just there's no compare. And you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I exp- I plan on things to compare to that going forward in my life now that I'm free of um, chains, that you know, marriage and children and things like that. I mean, I that will be some beautiful moments and it will probably surpass that moment but this needed to happen for that to happen was there a point in the experience that you felt that freedom i mean i felt it when i felt it when i told my ego to go fuck off but um because it just that's when it occurred to me it's like this is Mm. over Mm. now and so the point you're so much lighter (laughs) since you know Mm -hmm. yeah i mean the thing is it's like I told you this and I told you this, like the, the whole Portland experience of doing the ayahuasca for eight days and everything mm-hmm. petrified me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I felt then, and I still feel now drop me into that. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. do that in a, in a second right now, just because it, I think it would be great. And before I was so afraid of that. I mean, so yeah, it's, it's, it's changed me and I knew, it, you know, and people around me said it would, and they said, this has been coming and you're just in a storm and, it's like, yeah, yeah, great, great, but I'm tired of being in a storm, so get this shit over with. Mm-hmm. So when it actually hit and I felt this is done, it was a massive, it wasn't as much re- relief them as it was just just clarity and then mm-hmm. the, the joy of it. Mm-hmm. The joy turned into laughter, and then I literally laughed for an hour and a half, tears rolling down my face and saying all this smart-ass shit that I thought was funny, so I was laughing at myself. So some things never change. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So then, you know, then I just got up off the couch and, you know, took a deep breath and walked outside, and it was a little chilly day, and, you know, just stood there and t- took some deep breaths, and, you know, it's like you see the clouds for the first time. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen I mm-hmm. hadn't seen the nature the way I saw it then for months because I'd been in this fog. Mm-hmm. And, you know, probably years, probably ever. Mm. And so I got this feeling that, you know, I'm going to see the world in a way I couldn't before. And I'm going to interact with people. And you and I talked about this on Tuesday. It's about when you live in abundance, when you can get through this and fear doesn't drive you, then you live from a loving place. And, you know, that's the whole point. That's who, what we're born as. That if you can get back to that purity and you can live that way yourself and you, you're going you're gonna to live it with others, you know, be it a wife or, you know, friends or, or even strangers. Mm. And to me, that that all makes sense. It made sense before. But at that point, I was like, yep, I can do all that now <laughs> because I don't have these I don't I don't have these chains shackling me anymore. So I just sit there and thank God, thank my dad and, you know, everybody I loved. And and yeah, it was it was an amazing, amazing moment. So how have you been carrying that forward in these last few weeks? You know, it's it's funny because I still listen to all this stuff on what life after a spiritual awakening. And, you know, and, and you know, and, um, you know, honestly, there's still things that cause sadness in my life that feel, you know, that I have regret over. Mm-hmm. And so I still deal with those. And that still kind of um, makes it tough to feel massive joy. But, um, you know, I I know that it's it's a drip 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 you mm. know when you when you do something that takes has been bottled up for <laughs> decades mm-hmm. you know and finally let's go then um then you know i want i want the the whole enchilada i want the exceptional life you know and i feel it coming 
you know, I'm already on that path, but the big piece is like, you know, so the, the ground, the groundedness, the connectedness, the rise, the raising your vibrational level to a higher energy level, you know, to just beautiful joy of, of everything. And that's coming. I feel it, but more than anything right now, just the fear is gone. Anxiety has mm -hmm. gone. Even if I feel sad about things, you know, it is what it is, you know, and I know who I am even now more than ever. And so the fear being gone is the, the biggest piece that's changed. And now I just, my reward is all the joy that, that I get to look forward to. Mm. That just is going to be more and more abundant. I know who I am now. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, I think, you know, who to, to get to this place, most people I think are going to know who they are. Cause you know, you have you to get have a large sense of self during the experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's true. But I mean, when I think of you, even before this and the years we've known each other, I know, you know who you are. I mean, cause I can feel that. And I, I always, even in, you know, turmoil and doubt and insecurities and, you know, and just the dumb shit we do growing up to try to survive. I always had that knowing there's more, mm -hmm. I'm more, mm -hmm. I'm this, this mm -hmm. is what I'm grounded in. And so, so now it's just, <laughs> you know, without the doubt coming, but well, do you really, you know who you are, you know, you're in a good spot right now. And then, but somebody says something that, you know, can manipulate you or someone, you know, you get triggered by something and all of a sudden, you know, you have a little five-year-old driving your life mm -hmm. and now that's never going to happen. Mm. So I can live in that. You can live in the knowing mm -hmm. versus visiting it, staying in it a while and getting pulled back into the abyss by, yeah, by yeah. fear situations. Hmm. Beautiful. And Melissa is one of those people too. Aww. She's got that knowing. It's interesting though, you all, you know, as, as you kind of talk about your second experience, Melissa, it, when I reflect back on it, I don't know that I was conscious of it then, but your energy going into the first and second experience kind of flip-flopped. You know, like I agree. totally you were he was apprehensive going into the first one and you were like, bring she, it to me. And he was like, bring it on in the second one. And you're like, eh, she was looking for her tail on Thursday. Yeah. So talk, talk about that. Uh, so I was given twice the dose Thursday. Um, and I mean, I was I was really excited, actually, in the beginning. I mean, I, I just wanted to 100 percent recreate experience that I had Tuesday which right? is so highly likely on mushrooms oh, yeah see I don't know that <laughs> right. see? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's all I wanted to do recreate that uh, all the uh, joy I felt that day so you know even to where I was sitting going into it but um, so I set up the same little palette it's freezing outside but I still I set up the same little like palette outside I had a blanket so I didn't have to come inside and have somebody ruin my buzz. <laughs> um, so I was, I was, I was prepared to <laughs> you, go. You ruined it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't need anybody else to ruin your buzz. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead. So I sat out there for what felt like, I don't know, maybe an hour, hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I just, I, I kept waiting. I mean, almost in the same position, just, Looking outside, you know, feeling the wind on my skin, looking out, you know, at our beautiful scenery set up there on, on the river and thinking, like, all right, come on, you know, what, um, 
what's going on? So actually, I, I walked inside, and I was like, what's going on? Nothing. I said, how long have I been out here? Um, and I think it had been about an hour and a half. And I, I said, I don't feel anything. You were like, nothing? I said, no. So then I accused Eric of giving me a placebo <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> Um, and then that was ridiculous, Which, obviously. No, the he jury's not. still out. <laughs> yeah. So, not my jury. Yeah, I figured those, it out. Those are definitely the real deal. <laughs> um, so, and just to back up a little bit, this time uh, in particular, we had kind of gone around as a group and set an intention, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's what kind of fucked me up. Um, because Jay here came in, he was like, well, I think maybe you should, you know, have your intention to be focusing on your ex-husband or your horrible relationship with your mom. And I just like, fuck, there it goes. I mean, you know, way to bring it down. So then I had those. A buzz kill. I know. Thanks, Jay. You're welcome. So I had... You know, setting the intention, I think, in the beginning, just that's not something I had done previously. But again, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's pretty powerful to see mind over matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally psyched myself out of a mushroom trip. I mean, you got visibly uncomfortable in that pre-dose conversation. When, when Jay brought up, you know, yeah. all the stuff, you're like, oh, fuck. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we could just blame him. (laughs) (laughs) Or your mom, I don't know. Right, exactly. So, but it definitely affected me. No, it wasn't her. And then the night before, actually, um, you know, um, I'd gotten an email from from my ex-husband, and I just, I shouldn't have read it, and it it affected me. I just, I don't think I was was in the same mind frame Mm -hmm. Thursday, and so I think... um, you know, I didn't know if this was possible, but I, I talk, I, I psyched myself out. I mentally blocked what beautiful thing I, I could have experienced because of focusing and putting too much, uh, you know, emphasis on a trying to recreate uh, a moment that I've a beautiful moment that I had before, mm-hmm. um, and b putting pressure. On this experience, it was almost like I scared the shit out of Mother Nature. She's like, fuck it, I'm not doing this one. I'm not messing with you. You're not in a good place. And What? No, I got nothing. Okay. You had some smarty pants thing. So, I just, um, I was disgruntled. I mean, I was pissed off. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) I felt like I got ripped off. Mm -hmm. And then I hear Jay downstairs, who was, you know, previously skeptical. uh, skeptical and he's downstairs laughing his ass off and you know kind of having so I was just confused um during this whole state and I grew frustrated and just confused Mm -hmm. and to to a point where I asked Jay if he would take me home early I I couldn't process it I couldn't understand it I wasn't even comfortable talking about it Eric Mm -hmm. right until Mm -hmm. I had wrapped my head around what had actually happened and so I think it's the control thing that we were talking about. That I mean, getting rid of that, I put too much emphasis on making something how I thought it should be that I didn't allow a natural process of allowing things to happen. And 
I think that carries over into life too. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, maybe we're constantly let down because our expectations are ridiculous um, about something. And I just, uh, I think I got more clarity out of the second time just because I found that it rolled over into aspects of my life that um, aren't working for me mm -hmm. either. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is extremely valuable to talk about. It was valuable for me. I just, I had to understand it first, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. um, wrote a lot about it. And I think it was just, it was informative. It was, uh, it just, clarity for me in, in a sense that I really showed my, I mean, just the power of positive thinking, eh? Uh, the detriment of negative thinking. Mm -hmm. Um the ridiculous power and expectations we put into things in general, mm -hmm. uh, relationships, human beings, um, circumstances. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's, um, you know, if you believe in it, it's not up to us. It's, it's, um, they say God laughs anybody who has a plan. So, hmm. you know, um, I it was the control, just letting go of the reins the first time, and I had this wonderful experience, whereas, you know, totally opposite, Jay didn't on Tuesday, and then Thursday he let go and had this wonderful, you know, paramount, you know, breakthrough, and and because of, of my thinking and just control that I put on the second time, um, psyched myself out, just kind of blows my mind. It is pretty incredible. Uh, it clearly illustrates the power of the mind. Absolutely. Um, you said that experience or the nature of that experience kind of relates to the rest of your life. And I'm curious if after that experience and seeing how expectations and control negatively impact many times the quality of our life experience, has that been able to inform and affect your behavior and perspective since then? Well, like we were saying before, I mean, it's, it's bringing relevance to it. Yes. Um, cognitive thinking about, so like I was telling, you know, the group, I'm, I try to leave like small little reminders about, um, you know, the, the powerful experience that I had both days, um, just little reminders of things that I felt or things to to focus on. So to answer your question, yes, I try, but it's also because I bring relevance to trying to incorporate that into my life on mm -hmm. a daily basis. Yeah, exactly what it's about. So trying to relive both moments, um, whereas I was pissed off about the second experience, you know, it really was quite beautiful because it's impacted my life on a daily basis uh, more powerfully more than the first one absolutely I, I, I so much love that you're saying this and I think yeah. that this is such a powerful perspective that so few people take you know like I mentioned before we started recording that probably 50 out of a thousand people that I've worked with have had this same experience but I think you're the only one who after it has come back and said oh I get the value. I understand why this happened. I understand it was my responsibility, and I understand how this 
relates to the rest of my life. That's extremely powerful. And I think it's one of the most important messages that I've really ever wanted to try to help listeners understand. These experiences, the we, we look for these big, amazing experiences to have such a profound impact on our lives. And across the board, not just with psychedelics, mm-hmm. but every day, it's the small, subtle, almost imperceptible at times experiences that really have the most impact if we are willing to give them the attention and see the relevancy. I love that you're using that word. 100%. Um, you know, I just, uh, it's, it's, it's powerful in a sense of, um, it's not like, so where I know, you know, that this kind of changed you know, Jay's life, he had this breakthrough. Um, I think what was most valuable to me was being able to, I mean, that was my growth, right? To, to be able to take ownership and being aware of what I did to, you know, maybe prevent this other experience from, from being the way that it is and how it correlates into, into my everyday life was it's, um, it's changed my life in that way. And and that's huge. You know, I'm sitting here thinking about this, and it's, you know, how do you use this type of tool, medicine, you know, experience, journey? How do you incorporate it into the broader experience, right? Because, you know, there's always a storm. Is it a small storm? Is it a, is it a freaking hurricane that we're going through in life, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're just coming out of a divorce, so, I mean, you're, you're knee-deep into a storm. And um, me too, but with everything that happened, but, um, you know, but (laughs) for several years before that, I felt like I was in a storm Mm -hmm. and I was trying to get through it. So how do you use this tool and what does it tell you of, and everybody's different, right? It's like, okay, who needs what? Mm -hmm. This is kind of resonates is an example of the mushroom and, is going to tell you, you, you always said it'll take you where you need to go. Well, to me, I, I know a lot about what's going on with Melissa. And, you know, the first, <laughs> the first day was kind of like so easily like, okay, let me remind you of who you are. Mm-hmm. This is you. This is the beauty of you. Don't forget this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, but the storm continues. Right? She's getting bombarded once she gets back into real life with crap that, you know, that is tugging at her and so the second day she got a reminder of that just before that okay that i'm still having to deal with this still tethered, still tethered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so so but she still got something out of it like she said it's to she got the drip 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 of that versus beat over the head with it well, and then you know like melissa said a couple of times here I didn't get the experience that I could have gotten or maybe should have gotten or whatever, but you, you did. And the no experience is exactly profound experience. what you needed. It was so, so if all I got out of it, right, the sense in the, in the beginning, the first part was, you know, just being content, not putting pressure on future things. And in the second one, I mean, be yourself because yeah. you, you were being yourself that first mm-hmm. day and it was amazing. And the second one, 
one is, you know, if in life, if I, if I implement this in everyday life, you know, not putting expectations on anything. I mean, you're, you know, wh- why are we disappointed? Mm. We're let down because we put too much mm-hmm. expectations on things, pressure mm-hmm. on things going one way or another. When in fact, if you just kind of let go, I, I mean, I, so I'm less disappointed, I think mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Cause I'm cognizant of <laughs> trying. I mean, and that's huge, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. it, just it's a way more positive way of of living but i still am tethered to anyways i just need to keep practicing yeah there's always life is always coming at us it's always there and the lessons never stop Uh, well i mean that's that's going to be the interesting part of your journey melissa is like because that's not going away your outside influences aren't going away so how does that how do you evolve from that how do you grow through that is there is there just accepting it well here's an interesting maybe kind of way to to look at this as it relates to this concept we brought in around um our frequency and how what level we're operating on and as we drop expectations and we allow things to unfold naturally, I seem to notice that that is what makes way for more positivity to come into our lives. I have seen certainly, when I put expectations on a thing, that it just gets fucked up and usually like, it just gets twisted with people that I would rather, like I would not have chosen this if I was conscious, but my expectations of trying to force something to be a certain way, that was me choosing in a certain way to bring in the wrong people or create the wrong circumstances because I think I know better than the universe. But when we just allow it to be its its own thing without putting expectations on it, then it's more likely to unfold beautifully and better people come into our lives and circumstances. No, I mean, that's uh, if I could have worded it perfectly, that is exactly how it would have sounded. I mean, that's 100% what I got out of it. Mm. Um, and that's huge, you know. It's huge. Recognizing that, it. That may be one of the ultimate lessons that we're trying to learn in life. You know, all this whole trip, we're just constantly deluding ourselves that we're in control, that we get to pick. And, like, we can, like, point in the direction to a certain extent based on our level of awareness and all that. But just like you're connecting with the universe on that first day and it's like it's just all doing its thing, same thing. And, you know, you talked about getting into marriage and kind of wanting to have the the children and the family and all that thing. And I did the same thing in my first marriages and those expectations, those attempts to control the outcome put me in some of the most challenging situations and they didn't turn out anything like I would have expected them to. But now like I found that I just, those first two marriages were, 
I was so disillusioned that I just dropped all of the, okay, this is what I expect, other than the desire for, like, real satisfaction and connection, mm-hmm. like, you know, and it unfolded in a way that's better than I could have ever planned it. Yeah. Well, I think when you when you lose, um, when you drop expectations on things, you really allow um, mm. for t- good things to come in, and, and for just peace of mind. I mean, you're just, you probably, you notice things that you didn't, you're just you're more susceptible to signs and yeah expectation means you're looking allowing i love you use that word allow well you know and let's sit here listen attachment it goes hand in hand Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. that's a really dangerous part of expectations Mm -hmm. because you know you're attached to people and have expectations from them well the expectations you know can make you sad or you know upset you but if you don't aren't attached to them then you can be like, okay, I can let go of this and it and doesn't affect me. I'm going to go on with my life. Mm-hmm. But if you're attached to them and then they're not fulfilling your expectations, then you're screwed. Then you're still trying to yeah. figure out how do I affect change with them? You know, what did I do wrong? You know, what can I do? Be- you know, you playing all those bullshit games in your head mm-hmm. that are planted since we were kids. And so to me, it goes hand in hand. So because expectations aren't necessarily a bad thing if you have good boundaries and are willing to walk away and not be attached to someone when they don't meet those expectations. I, I think like I, I like to consider expectations versus hope. Hope seems more uh, positive and open, whereas expectation feels more expectant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm very hopeful to have this. Well, I love what you said. What was the kind of life you said that you, you were wanted to live or, um, exceptional. exceptional life. Yeah. I, I love that. And I'm very open to having an even more exceptional life. But if I expect that, and that comes back to this, like you ever have a kid like that's like feels like they deserve something, you know, like my son's birthday party was Saturday and every fucking kid, everybody <laughs> knows has kids. Like the kid just expects that it's my day. I get to do whatever I want to. And then somewhere along the line, you're going to have to tell the kid no more cake or some shit. And they're going to lose <laughs> their fucking mind. Right. And like, we're no different. <laughs> right. So to be hopeful and optimistic and, and what, again, what was the word using? Um, um, you maybe said acceptant, but like being receptive, yeah. be receptive, allowing, allowing that was the word you yeah. used. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I, I don't, I, I get what you're saying where expectations could maybe not that it's a, a bad thing, but I don't know if you have hope and standards, you kind of eliminate the need for expectation. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. you said expectations for yourself. And what I'm willing to accept and not accept, you know, and and then, well, is that is that a, she said standard? What's that standard? This is you can boundary. Is yeah, like expect boundary. expecting is like if I'm sitting here and I'm expecting somebody to bring me whatever a stack of money or a bunch of chocolate or whatever the hell it is, you know, like that is that's demanding. That's like like privilege and it. it at least in my my sense, it's more negative. Where if I'm if I'm hopeful or I'm optimistic or I'm allowing that, then there is a 
kind of a reciprocity. It's not one person serving the other or the universe serving me. If I have an expectation that I'm going to have this happen, that's like demanding of God. You know, one of the things throughout this journey I, someone told me that just made per- perfect sense is like when you're living from the place that you're supposed to, you are just you exude love to mm-hmm. those around you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so you want to give it. It's just natural. This is how I want to be. You know, this is this is the default setting of who I am and who people are supposed to be. Right. And I mean, my dad was the most. <laughs> unexpecting person I'd ever met mm. period it it boggles my mind to think about it how selfless he was mm. and it just never um, it, it never changed there was never an example of, uh, against that norm and it just it, to, to this day I've never seen anything like it so but here was the ultimate irony right you know I would have done anything you know I would have you know I I couldn't have loved him anymore if I tried, although he didn't expect it. Mm. And so he got this massive return from me and everybody else who knew him because he had no expectations mm. of it being returned. Mm. You know, and I don't know if that was just, if you label that as hope or you label that as faith or it, it I don't completely understand, you know, when I, I thought about it, what, what is someone like that? How do they function? Mm-hmm. And it must be just they're on a higher level of I'm loving for the sake of loving. And then, you know, expectations don't even come into play. Mm-hmm. Something I, I certainly have to work on for sure. No, I, I, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly not that pure. I mean, I expect <laughs> this podcast to do really well. <laughs> right. I expect a lot of people to listen and share this. <laughs> right. Just kidding. But I'm open to it. I'm allowing for it. That's right. See? <laughs> so, Progress. So, so maybe if you just move away from, you know, expectations at all. Mm-hmm. And you let, just like you said, let, let it be. And as you do that more, you draw more people in that also share that type of mentality. And then it's just, it just, it can compound it's upon tough, itself. though. I mean, uh, eliminating expectations yeah. from general public I mean, well i mean we are <laughs> pattern predicting creatures that's right. kind of what we do you know i also think it's a mirror effect right at that point yeah you need to you're gonna if you if by you i mean we you know and those around us can live in a place like that where you're just you know i, I come from a place of love i don't understand anything else this is what you're supposed to do this is how you're supposed to take care of people mm. and you know have empathy for people and provide you know if that's just truly your default setting of who you are, then you, you mirror people around you that have that same feeling. Yeah. So it becomes, well, we can only control ourselves, right. right? So expectations, it's like you, you're getting in other people's shit anyways. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Worry about yourself. Mm-hmm. Be the mm-hmm. best version of you you can be, and and good things will come your way, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a difference between expectation and boundaries, you know, because mm-hmm. if, you know, if you, you don't necessarily have an expectation for somebody, but you know where your boundaries are going to be and right. you can, you can make those clear. It's like, you know, I, you know, there's a certain level of respect that, you know, and the golden rule, I, w- I want to be treated like I'm going to treat you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, until we get to a certain level of self evolution, then you're drawing in people that my dysfunction's feeding your dysfunction. Totally. You know? So if we're, if we're expecting of others, then 
we're keeping out the allowers. We're keeping out the people who are just loving to love, and we're letting in and we're attracting others okay. who have expectations. You're pulling of us. in people that have the same type of expectations yeah. or want to play the same codependent gaminess and be a victim. Or I've seen it know. in my life. There's no doubt. This yeah, is, me yeah. too. But you know, hopefully, there's more and more. And I think there are, because my personal experience has shown this. There's more and more people out there like this, that this resonates with, mm-hmm. that want that path. And then that compounds. It's pretty incredible the level of awakening we seem to be experiencing as a society. Yeah. You know, when you think, if you think back 50 years ago, the conversations that we're having now about how our thoughts affect our reality, that was never, it was never. Now it's becoming so... For a certain percentage of the population, it's just it's just common speech. I just think that um, number one, if anybody, you know, I wish Eric had a YouTube channel I could direct people to for a plug. I do. Oh, good. Let's do that. Soul Seven says. Oh, there you go. So when you're doing that, look at like search spiritual awakenings, and you'll see it's just a massive amount of people that are mm-hmm. tuned into it. But to me, it's it's like you know, at some point you get to a sink or swim point mm-hmm. in your soul evolution, mm-hmm. you know, because I sure as fuck didn't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can guarantee you looking at all my friends and marrying kids and thinking, why, why do I have this feeling, innate feeling that that's not where I'm supposed to be until I get to a certain point of who I am? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, God, if I had a dollar for every time I've been asked, well, why aren't you married yet? Um uh, because you're picky. <laughs> you know, because I hadn't got to the point of who I wanted to be. Mm, and then you mm. mirror in who you're supposed to be with. So I think more and more people are on that path. Mm-hmm. And I know that. I know that for a fact just mm-hmm. from people I meet. And so hopefully that continues because there's enough fear and out there and, you know, and anger and, and dysfunction. That, But I see also enough love and desire to evolve. Mm-hmm. And I, I I agree with you. I think that's universal, and I think that's you know not to get too hokey, but I think that's how civilizations e- either grow and thrive and survive, or wilt. Mm. And if we don't get our shit together, in my mind, then and continue to grow in this manner, and this is why this is so important. Everybody continues to evolve evolve personally because then we mirror everybody else and attract more and spread more, mm-hmm. you know, and. Uh, and you go in the direction of, of you know, love versus fear and blame, and you know, everybody has such a sense of lack, and we and we, the powers that be just kind of push that for their own purposes. Mm-hmm. So it starts with us, and that's why we talk about it and and do something about it, mm-hmm. which makes this podcast and others like it, and what you guys are doing at uh, Sanctuary so powerful. Well, I also want to comment on your friendship because I think your friendship is a beautiful example to others. This is something that as a society uh, and even, you know, me personally growing and seeing men and women have friendships that are so intimate and so beautiful, but that there are maintained boundaries and respect. And it's just, it's just really awesome. Uh, I felt like that from the, from go with you all, that this is something that the world needs more of. Uh, so I love that you all are living that life as well. Yeah, I mean it's been. <laughs> I mean, you know this, but I mean Melissa and I met twelve years ago, dated, then didn't date, mm-hmm. and then she, you know, went on a different path, and I did, and then, um, 
you know, she got married and I still haven't, but, you know, but she's one of the most beautiful people I've ever met and inside and I always knew that. Mm -hmm. And so people like that, you know, I definitely want to keep in my life. And so it wasn't a hard choice when she was willing to be friends that, that that's what I wanted. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I think very few people come out of a romantic relationship and maintain any level of friendship, much less kind of this vulnerability that you all have done. Coming on this experience together mm-hmm. is really powerful uh, and, and speaks to the nature of your character. Well, thanks. I think we're kind of feeding each other good energy mm-hmm. in the right direction. Do you Are you poo? Uh, Piglet and Pooh. Oh. Hey, well, yeah, is Eeyore still around? Let's yeah. see. Oh, yeah, he's, no, he's, he's in the closet. <laughs> I, came I didn't know I, he had I a came out of the Eeyore. closet finally. Body's exhausted. Uh, I just need men. I love it. So I wrote Jay this. Um, I bought him a journal before this experience, mm-hmm. and I wrote him a little letter in the very back of of the journal, and um, I can't remember exactly what I said, but. He's beautiful. The ending quote was, um, uh, how long, oh, we will be friends forever, won't we, said Piglet. <laughs> and uh, Pooh responds, even longer. Mm. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was beautiful. Some uh, really beautiful lessons in Winnie of the Pooh. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorites like growing the one up. where he says, we're going to burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> 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 Pooh said that? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a Pooh Was that the traditional version? Uh, that was not the kid-friendly version. Oh, okay. Good. I'll, I need to read that one. Uh, this has been wonderful, you all. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. And, and thank you so much for continuing to really extract from your experience. This won't be our last time. No, we'll be no I'm pretty we'll, sure we'll of that. We'll talk about it again. But I, I just want to say, as a practitioner and someone who has been working with this for so long that this is where it really pays off for me. You having your experience and all that, that's great, but it's the months, weeks, months, years afterwards when people still continue to engage that really makes it satisfying for me. Mm. So thank you all for helping make my work seem like relevant. Mm. Oh, it is very relevant. Yeah. it's. uh, Thank you. You're doing life-changing work. Absolutely. You, You really are. So, take us out. What's what's psilocybin say to you each, oh, Jay? You, you can go no, first. You go. <laughs> <laughs> so I can piggyback yeah, off of yeah, yours. Exactly. <laughs> no expectations. Piglet. No pressure. Um, what does it say to me? Um, Keep it short. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I struggle with that sometimes. <laughs> um, no more long-winded answers. Yeah, I know. Just so there's houses. Whoop. <laughs> I caught myself. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, it, you know, it says um, supposed to be there. It's just it's it's it is such an integral part of this world that we are not attuned to yet. So be it how it holds the world together with fungi or it interconnects us. You know, so the ability for psilocybin to be able to help you us delve into places that we can't with with hardly anything else is invaluable. And I think people need to know that. Mm. So it's invaluable to me. 
Wonderful. Thank you. Um, can I do a psilocybin represents versus maybe says, or sure. it can be both. It can be whatever you want. But um, I'll allow it. <laughs> look at you using your words. Um, peace, contentment, um, Mother Nature, little things, paying attention to the little things and um, living in the moment, not not expecting, not rushing, not no no pressure, no you know, just enjoying life moment to moment, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a large part of what I walked away with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the next time you engage with the mushroom, it'll say something different. I love it. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> Look forward to it. Yeah, I'm really interested to hear how all that evolves. <laughs> I will certainly, you'll be the first to know. Well, maybe not the first, but. Fine. Yeah, I mean, right. I have them lining up for that next uh, retreat. So yeah. I know several people who want to go. We're working on it. I walked in a place. No, I got, we're actually looking at doing one in Texas pretty soon. Um, Simone can come pretty easy. Yeah. My dad, but my dad would come. Oh, yeah. We've got a, quite a few members in Texas. Uh, so yeah, there's a uh, road trip. Yeah, keep us posted. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, I'm just really looking forward to when we have our own consistent communal space because then that will open the door for much much more regular events, um, opportunities to commune that will be, you know, much more community supported versus this retreat where you come in and we're doing the thing i look forward to the day when we're all like okay i know you're competent here i know you're competent here i know you're uh let's just eat some mushrooms and see how this thing (laughs) unfolds you know there's there is incredible magic there when there is when there is no no leader, no director, where everybody's just on the same level, on the same page. We're all just exploring. I mean, obviously, you know, if we were to dose together, I'd bring in all my years of experience, and there'd probably something come up that I may be of service, but it wouldn't be a situation where you're like, okay, come on, let's Eric's going to lead the circle. We're going to talk about how this all things. We're just going to fucking dive in, have our experience, talk about it, and, yeah, just be on the same level. That's something that That's I'm, what actually makes you a great leader. Oh, thanks. Thank you all so much again for this wonderful sit down. It was everything I expected it to be. Great <laughs> 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 closing. And the beating of the drum.